Abby and Rob Palmer, the podcast. I was with my young bloke uh, last week and he had a party that he was going to that night. It'd been The invites had gone out and it was fancy dress. I do love a fancy dress, you know. You I know you do. Yes, you just. Oh. And not just, doesn't even have to be a party. <laughs> Some people ride into it where I. You don't do it. I'm not a fan. I've seen you dressed up. Yeah, I just go, <laughs> oh, why? Like, if we get invited, we go, why did they say fancy dress? Wait, are you serious? Yeah. If why? we get a fancy dress invite, we just go, oh, God. I mean, some people love it. Are you it. one of those no effort people? That yes. Just, oh, it, yes. You, yes. Jeans and a T-shirt. A, you have a, a white party and you turn up with, oh, oh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Look, a white, a white party's fingernail. Not, no, a white party's not too bad. But if they say something beginning with P, oh, for, anyway. <laughs> so how did it go? Or the emotion party? <laughs> Remember the pear and the, <laughs> the bowl of custard? What, what about the other bloke who went as a whip and if he couldn't anyway. crack it? By <laughs> midnight he went, anyway, I better not say that. No, yeah, there's no. certain things you can't so say on radio. How did you anyway, go? Anyway, so it wasn't for me. It was for my son, Griff. Oh, so it's Griffo. So okay. he's there and it was a cowboy party. Yeah. So they had to go as, uh, you know, Western party. Yeah. And Gwen, my wife, loves a bit of fancy dress. So she has gathered all the stuff and mm. got it all ready to roll. And he's got all the gear in his car. He had to go to a school thing first. He was doing a, a, a drama thing for yeah. school. So I went over there with him and checked it out because I wanted to see. Yeah. And he had it all there so he could go straight from the performance straight to the party Put afterwards. Put on his cowboy you know, You beauty. He was Put real on his excited. chaps. Yep. Had the big moustache. Yeah. He had the full hat. Yeah. And like the, you know, he, he was Western guy, right? Do you have a costume department at home? Yes, we do. Okay, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we do. Anyway, so he had the whole kit. And, and caboodle. Yeah, and caboodle too. But what had happened is while we were at drama, a couple of the mums had been ringing up going, oh, you know, Jimmy's, he's, he's a bit lazy. He's not real keen on the dressing up. We've been having a bit of a trouble, you know, working it out what he's yeah. going to do. And then another mum said to another mum, oh, this is a bit of an, it's a bit, a bit tough really. These 18-year-old boys just don't have the enthusiasm or the effort. Yeah. And so by the time Griff finished his drama, fancy dress had been called off. Oh, no. So Griff has gone <laughs> from... From this school thing that he was doing, got dressed up in full regalia oh, no. and turned up at the party. Oh, all dressed up. But in the meantime, they'd cancelled fancy dress. So he was the only bloke dressed, dressed up, up ready to go. He said he felt, he felt as big as it, an ant. Yeah. But um, but owned it, just went in and said, you, <laughs> yeehaw, I'm a cowboy. cowboy. <laughs> There's a snake in my boot. That's right. Became the hit of the night. There you go. It does happen. Just commit. Same as if you've dressed up and you get pulled over by the coppers on the way to the party. Gary, my mate, who was dressed <laughs> as beautifully as a woman. That, happened. that doesn't happen often. <laughs> and, uh, well, that's what he said. He was on the way to a party, but I'm not quite sure. But he looked gorgeous anyway. <laughs> and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Look, I've got to tell you that I did something on the weekend, first time I've ever done it. Brushed your teeth. Boom, boom. Washed with soap. Well, I haven't been using soap because of my rash under my arms lately. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You can tell. No. Um, eight sardines. No way, sir. Anything else? No. What else could be? Went fishing. No. I don't like doing that much. No, you don't. I mate, because you know how it's cursed birthday, my wife. Watch the game of rugby union. Actually, I did at lunch because where I was, they had the game on. They there had, you go. Yeah, and I did. That was a, actually that was good first. on you for finding Thanks, that Australian. Thanks, mate. 
piece yeah. of yourself. Thanks, mate. There you go. But I also made basil pesto. I'd never made it before. I would just buy it. Jeez, mate. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking at you and all I can see is a seven-year-old kid <laughs> proud of himself for making a mud pie. No, no. I tell you, it was basil more. Basil pesto. Yeah. What did you have to do? Get a jar of basil? No, no. I bought it. Pesto. Made it from scratch. I, I went and got two lots of leaves of basil. <laughs> so you put basil in a blender with a little bit of oil. Yep. A couple of pine nuts. Yep. Palms and cheese. Palms and cheese. Yep. And press. And then boiled mm. some water, chucked pasta in it. Oh. Did you make the pasta? Yep. No, you didn't. No, I didn't make the pasta. Well, no, I bought that in a packet. But the thing was, was if with that pesto, because I couldn't find my barmic stick, you know, with a, yeah, oh, that, that yes, so that I know one. the one. So I had to put it in a bloody Nutribullet, and then that all got clogged. And then, it, you know how you basil, you got the big stems on it, wouldn't chop those down properly. It was a bloody nightmare. So you bought some in a jar and finished it off. Did, exactly. <laughs> how did you know? <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> but you know what? I've got some for you to taste today. I've got some. Are we right? No, I brought it in. They loved it at home. I they, made basil pesto. They bloody loved it. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. You know you can boil potatoes. Oh, it's not built freeze potatoes. Did you realise that? I'll look at that later. What, that you can freeze? Freeze potatoes. I didn't know Why that. Why couldn't you freeze a potato? I didn't know you could. Who's, who's fr- how, how, anyway, how could you not know that you can freeze vegetables? No, 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 no. But you ever bought a bag of frozen chips before? That's... Oh, yeah, didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> Got me. Unbelievable. But I didn't know potatoes. Modern technology, <laughs> these. Oh. We <laughs> <I> digress. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm going to can that story. I'm going to can that story. <laughs> oh, no, please. Oh, got please, I'm all ears for okay, it. No, That's gonna... coming later. Yeah. <laughs> Amazement at frozen vegetables. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Good morning, Robert. Morning, Patrick. What do you got for us? Well, it's unlucky, really, what happened to this lady. She's in Texas. She was mowing a lawn on a uh, on a tractor mower. Yeah. And all of a sudden, it's the last thing you'd expect. A snake fell out of the sky and ra- just like landed on her arm. She's gone. Well, not from a tree. A snake? No, from the sky. Anyway, she's gone. This is weird. Like it's not Sharknado, <laughs> Snake Nado. Yeah. Anyway, so the thing, the snake wrapped around her arm. But before she could really realise what was going on, a hawk dive bombed her and landed on her and just started attacking the snake that was on her arm. And the snake is, is, had struck out at her a couple of times. She's waving her arms in the air saying, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus. And then the hawk, the hawks eventually managed to rip the snake off the woman's arm, flew away with the prize and left her all bloodied and bruised on the ride on mower. And bewildered. Going, Holy jeez. How did that just happen? So the snake falls the last, from just the out sky. Of the, imagine walking along and a snake lands on you and then a bird comes and beats the crap out oh, of you. Oh, that was the time oh, like, I had a little baby cicada that I found. I thought, oh, I'll let release the baby cicada. <laughs> release the baby cicada off the balcony and pump. Free baby cicada. Nature's fury. Oh, no. Oh, they that's just, what happens. That's, can, be that can be brutal. What well, do you got? Well, uh, this is, involves a woman. And you know how you keep going, banging on about becoming mayor? There could be method to your madness. Well, it's not just me. It's a lo- the, like, well, the larger, greater community and a lot of people that are endorsing me Because while on a fishing trip with her family in late July in Tampa Bay, Mayor Jane Castor reeled in a big catch. Mm. 
about 70 pounds of cocaine valued at $1.1 million. So, yeah. Out of the water. Out of the water. You know, we were talking a couple of weeks ago. They about, do that. Yeah. They just dump it. Yeah, because the uh, the guys have got it on board and they don't want to get caught, so they dish it into the ocean. Have you seen that movie with Tom Cruise where he's the pilot? Oh, yes. And American based on made. True, based on a true story. Well, she found, she fished and caught in $1.1 million of cocaine and but you don't exactly take that to the bank and oh, say, no, hey, look. No, no. I, I thought there was something fishy to this story. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and look, she did. Oh, right. She did. Sure she, you found it. She did let <laughs> She did know. She did let everyone know. If I get she caught did. with this, I was fishing, okay? <laughs> I was going fishing. All right. <laughs> 70 pounds. That's a bloody big fish, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I wonder what line she was using. Uh, and uh, when have you caught a $1.1 million fish? Might have been a uh, a meat fish or what do I, what do I call them? A mish fish. Mish fish. Oh, mish fish. Feet, feet mish. Feet mish. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. I tell you what, you know what? I don't think I'm still thinking straight after what happened on Friday. Was it, yeah, was it Friday? Yeah, no, Thursday afternoon. Was it Thursday? Oh, I can't even think now. What happened then? Oh, when I went to put that, um, I found this thing in my car and I thought, oh, I'll throw that out. But as I was putting it in the red bin, as I threw it out, they were both in one hand, I dropped my keys of my car and it dropped straight down to the bottom of the red bin. It's not the little red bin. You know how you have the bigger red bin. And, like, they're not the healthiest and cleanest of things bins aren't. Is there liquid in the bottom? (laughs) Oh, it was so I'm, nothing hangs on to you oh, more than the oh, smell of binges. So I go, oh, and then it was on the carport. So I put the bin down yeah. the side, and all the rubbish then falls out. Why are you and so I, unlucky? I don't know. And then I'm there. I thought that's where it landed. So I shoved my hand oh, down. Oh, shoved it. <laughs> and did I land in the right place? No. no. <laughs> Something soft and wet. <laughs> And oh, then, oh. So I lifted up again. Oh. Then I had to you separate. Went again? I went again. Then I moved the bins away because we got those purse. Uh, you know how you have the Osama bin liners, the purple uh, <laughs> ones. We have the. You can buy them from Coles. You get the uh, purple ones or the yellow ones. Don't you call them the Osama bin liners? No. Oh, nor do we then. And um, you buy them Coles. <laughs> I don't think there's. Oh, don't keep continue. And anyway, so I moved them to the side. I'm there. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And so I down on the side and I put my hand in. And I finally fished it out and just go, oh, the yeah. smell. You drop one set of keys. All you had to do was turn the bin upside down. Oh, no, but it was laden with um, rubbish, mate. And then all the <laughs> bottom gunk, which was wet and gooey. And so I Don't washed. you tie up your kitchen bags when you put them in the, green, in the red bin? Oh, not all the time. Always. Oh, oh no, not all. Not everyone does it. Not everyone's as perfect as you. Well, you probably should. And, oh, mate, but then the kids will come along and throw stuff in it. And oh, Do you stuff. throw things in the bin that aren't contained in their own bag? Oh, you throw scraps. There are, there's sometimes people throw scraps in. They're not always Just all the raw bag. scraps. What are, where are you supposed to put them? No wonder your bin stinks. Anyway, well, look, okay, if your bin's so bloody clean, I'm going to get you, cook some food in it and make you eat it if you think your bin's so clean. It's not that clean. Okay. So and, so I had to fish the bloody thing out. Yeah. And so I got the keys. Unlucky. And then I washed it on the, on the hose out the front, and it's a battery-operated one. No. Then I go, to, and my hands, you could just smell the stench of... It was yeah, like a okay. tip. Oh. Sorry to anyone having breakfast. 
But what we want to do this morning, what do you have to go fishing for, basically? (laughs) (laughs) Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Good morning, Robert. Good morning, Patrick. What do you got for us? I think I've worked out why you're a little different to most humans. Why is that, sir? (laughs) Because... Because of my huge no, snoogle well, on my face. A no. mysterious. Hang, just let me take a photo. Just oh, turn side on. Turn side on. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. And now I need okay, one front, well, on, front okay, on. Front on. Okay, front okay, on. Side profile. Com- here we go. Here oh, we go. I'm comparing and show wow. me. Show me. Show me. Okay, hang on a second. Yeah. Oh, that's not me. That's close. A mysterious skull has been discovered. That does not appear to belong to modern humans. Show but, me your picture uh, again. Uh, yeah. Not in a sandstone block at your, at, uh, no, your no, miner. No, no. This skull was uncovered in East China. All right. Along with some jaw uh, and leg bones. Yeah. And it's been baffling scientists ever since. Uh, yeah. You see, research believes that the skull may indicate an entirely new lineage of hominini. Oh, a hybrid between the branch leading to modern humans and the one that led to the Denisovians. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Homo sapiens only began to emerge in Asia, like it was 120,000 yeah. years ago, yeah. which means there's a third missing link. And hang on, just show me a <laughs> hang on, hang on, hang on. picture. <laughs> hang on, side on, side on, side on. Yeah, lovely. Okay. Did you want any music? That is really – yeah, I would, wouldn't mind because okay. these, these – these guys were digging around. Yeah. They worked out the skull didn't possess a true chin. I've got so, a chin. Yeah, you I do. I've got a bloody big chin. And Not a, a true my, one, though. With my big nose. Big glass, too. Yeah. Oh, look at it. Yeah, and the big guts. Yeah. It's the facial structure that resembles modern humans, but then yeah. to keep it confusing, the skull cap and the chin seem to reflect more primitive traits. <laughs> hang on, show me hang again. On, hang on, Take another picture just in case. <laughs> that's it. Hang on, hang on. That's hang on. it. Hang on, that's it. There we go, there we go. I'm going to circulate these photos around Bundaberg and and see see if there's any more like them. See the uncanny similarities. Well, what about this? Iraqi's prime minister has now waded into a row, a row, I should say, not a row, into a row over who is responsible for what getting loose in the cargo hold of a plane? A bloody bear. Yep. Iraqi Airways. What's a bear doing in a plane? Well, it was in the cargo hold. It's being transported. Iraqi Airways said it was not to blame for the bear's escape from its crate as the aircraft waited to take off from Dubai International Airport last Friday. The flight was delayed as authorities dispatched specialists to sedate the animal and remove it from the plane. The apprentice zookeeper would be in trouble. (laughs) A video clip circulating on social media showed the plane's captain apologising to passengers for Friday's takeoff delay because of the bear's bid for freedom. You know, you think some passengers are unruly. Nope. Dubai International Airport, the world's busiest for international travel, declined to comment. The airline said the bear was being flown from from Baghdad to Dubai, but an Iraqi Airways official speaking anonymously confirmed the bear was instead being transported to the Iraqi capital. How would you fly a giraffe? Oh, how did they do it on Madagascar? No, they had a tall box and it was on a boat. Was it on a boat, was it? Yeah, but planes aren't that tall. How do you fly a giraffe? No, no, you, would you have it lying down and like straight into the captain's cap <laughs> in the head? <laughs> Move, you, just, Laura, you just scratch his head every now and again. Don't know. I think that probably shipped them, but. Um, well, that's why wouldn't you ship a bear? I don't want a bear on a plane. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, especially, a ferocious animal on a plane. And imagine you're flying mid flight, the bear gets out of its yeah. crate, uh, grrr, scratching it at the side, thinking 
you know, not knowing what's outside. Holy jeez. Yeah, but the uh, giraffe gets me as well. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Now, look, it was yesterday that I, because um, Rob's been pushing for me to become mayor of this fine well, it's area. it's not such a push. You well, just sort of, it just sort of suits. Yeah. Like, but, it's just perfect but for you've got You've got to have a running mate. Like, look at Joe Biden had Kamala Harris. And that was running mate. Yeah. And and I think No, I don't know that you do need a running mate. Well, uh, well Rick you, Hart said that you have, you know, some yeah. of the attributes that would be perfect for the position. But then when you spoke to or we both spoke to Rick Hart on June twenty eighth. So should be you. This year at seven twenty one in the morning. This is what uh we said to Rick. Big fella might run over there. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey, now, now, hey, now, now can I can I do a yeah. sell here? That would be fabulous. We need somebody who really understands the game. Yeah. We need a big fella to make sure none of the little ones get up and <laughs> there you go. Thank you. See, see, see That was that was a long time ago. No, June twenty eighth, not too far away. It's a only year August. and a half ago. No, no, it was this year. It was it, this we were year. We're talking about you. No, that was mayor. that was you, June twenty eighth oh, this year. No, nah, I don't and know then, about that. Yeah, it was. It you're was. the one. I mean, if you really want me to help you, I, I mean, I could just you know, you're like the puppet, and you do the talking, mm-hmm. and then I'll just. Oh, do you, of, you, do you want me to sit on your knee, and then you <laughs> place right. your hand somewhere, ventriloquist style? You're not going to serve with that hand, though, are you? Nah. Okay, wouldn't do it. But you, you need to do it because once the coast does get a council back, they need someone at the helm of that council that people trust. People trust you, Paddy. No, they don't. You've got an honesty about you. No, they don't. You do. When you listen but, to but people's problems, no. you actually care about what at, they're saying. At the start, people love you. Like when anyone gets newly elected into government. Are you just worried ratings. that people might not like you? Because, I mean. Oh, then, then, then the gosh. You... Then the gloss. Oh, I've got it. I've got Shane from Empire Bay. A bit of an issue. Good morning, Shane. Hi, Shane. Hey, boys. How you going? Hey, Paddy, what are you trying to do, mate? We want you to be the mayor, and you're trying to handball it on the rod. That's exactly. You need know, a running mate. Cool, you, you need not, a running mate. Handball's responsibility a fair bit, but in this case, it's not that it's not that hard a job. Rick said to him, Shane, it's a couple of meetings you go to, and you're like a figurehead for the council, and people yeah. know and respect you, Paddy. Isn't that right, Shane? Hey, everyone respects Paddy, mate. No one needs to have a mayor that's a goose, and I think you'd be right up that alley. The only thing I worry about, Rob. I wouldn't want him cutting too sharp a scissors. You know, you know, they can be a bit of a weapon in the wrong hand. Yeah, well, that's right. He's a little blunt at times. No, but can you get those ones, you know, that kindy kids have that you don't cut yourself? You know, the big plastic ones. Yeah, yeah that'd be sensational. I can oh. see you having six goes at a three-inch wide ribbon. I know. Paddy's only just realised that people actually freeze potatoes and make chips out of them. Oh, I didn't realise that But that's today. okay. Thank you, Shane. Thank you, Shane. It's not just Shane's support that you've got. You've got other support, really, Big support that could get you across the line. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. I tried to take my mind off my tax. I did the. Oh, so instead of watching God. the Matildas, you did your tax? No, no, no. I did. I've already done it, and I spoke to oh, the accountant Friday. Not well good. Not good news. Zachy, how much you get back on your tax? Do you want it? It's quite depressing. Yeah, go on. How much? Go on, tell us. Uh, Eighty-six dollars sixty. Well um, done, sir. But that's before I had to pay my accountant one hundred and fifty dollars. So eighty-six fifty. Have you know what that means? Eighty-six, and you had to pay your accountant one hundred and fifty. That yes. means you've paid just the right amount of tax during the year. Yeah, it still Mate. makes me sad. I'm still because you didn't get the fifteen hundred bucks this year. No, no that got cut out from the government. Thing. Yeah, so. but if you get tax back, it means you've been getting robbed all year. Well, uh, being robbed of you can look at it that dollars, way. but I'm hearing a lot of people feel like I'm uh, robbed. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, no, so. but if you were to get a thousand back, it means that you during the year you paid a thousand too much, so you've been getting spun all but, year. Uh, anyway, so what did you get a, back? Oh, don't worry about it. Nothing. 
I've got to pay. Negative. Because you got to pay. Because there were a few things that were had to be adjusted. So does that mean you've been in front all year? No. Front, that's no. great. No problem. <laughs> no, no, I haven't been in front. Your super looks great. Yeah. <laughs> you've got to be careful when your salary sacrifice, let me tell you, for your super because then they, oh, then, then, they, then they bite you. They pump you like, up. The, you're trying to save, you know, put money in um, so that you do aren't relying on the government mm. when you retire. And then they, they go, me. oh, sorry. Thanks for saving us <laughs> some pension later in life. We're, we're just going to tax you. We're going to eat you up with more. And that was for last year, which I didn't read because I don't read the emails that I get from the ATO. That was from 2022. And then you got this one now. Oh, anyway. Probably read those. I should read them. They don't, they don't forget either. <laughs> oh, no. They've got a memory. They've got a memory like an yeah. Alvin Roberts. Indeed, they have. And a book to go with it. Now, did you have to say hello to someone? Oh, yes, I do. Because it's about that time. Jeanette. The greatest radiographer on the Central Coast, or one of the three that I met yesterday. <laughs> the other, Jeanette. <laughs> Jeanette. She looked after my heart. Oh, did she? Did they find the one? Yeah, they did. They found it. <laughs> Big one. And it's apparently it's working. I thought you had problems with it. No, it wasn't. Pro- no, there was some weird test I did because I've, you know, type 1 diabetes at age, you know, as you're getting on, yeah. <laughs> they like to make sure everything's working okay. And so there was this weird sort of zzz, sound mm, mm. and then they made me go and have one of those dyes and you go in and have a dye mm. and they put this stuff inside you yeah. the, the, so they can take pictures of your oh, right, arteries okay. and all that sort yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And then they said, it'll, when we finish the test, it'll feel like you've wet yourself. Oh. Did, did you ever wet yourself? Oh, heaps of times. <laughs> um, so, so. Because you so, do, they, they finish the machine, all of so a sudden there's this warm pants? sensation. Did you pee your pants? No, it just feels like you have. Oh. That's oh. what they said. Anyway. How much do I pay for this? I know, you should. It's worth it. <laughs> it's like having the car seats on warm in the car. Okay. Kinda. So, anyway, oh, Jeanette was helping Jeanette. me out. So was Portia. Yeah. And uh, Julie. So, so Portia, thank you very Julie, much. and Jeanette, thank you for listening, team. Patty and Rob Palmer, the podcast. We were just having an in-studio discussion. How the bloody hell do you get up to the head of the big prawn at Krangan Bay and saw it off with an angle grinder? How high like, would you call that? Like oh, nine, mate, ten metres oh, looking it'd, at the photo? It'd be, it'd be ten metres looking at the photo. It's, it's Nine metres is three storeys. Yeah. So, so, so how, do you, how, do you, how do you get up there on a Saturday, Friday, Saturday tri- night? Your big extension ladder. Oh, yeah. Triple mate. extension. And then, and then that prawn would have been, you know, you'll angle grind it off. You just leave it fall to the side. And only be so many people have a prawn ladder head. long enough to yeah. get up there. And be only so many people that have a prawn head in their, um, in their house at the moment that, that they borrowed from Craig. <laughs> one even, just one. <laughs> Honestly, you know, there are things yeah. that you'd hey, like. Come on in. Come yeah, on in. Don't come, mind the prawn's head. Don't yeah. mind the prawn's head. There are things you say, yeah, I wouldn't mind that at home, but the prawn head <laughs> from Krangan Bay isn't one of them. No, seriously. No, it's not. not. So we'll see It'd if we... stink after bin oh, night. Oh, <laughs> they'd probably throw it out. There's the bin with the oh. prawn head. We're not having that inside anymore. It's stinking the whole yeah. house. Out of there. Out of there. <laughs> anyway. Struggle to hide that knob, Kat. Oh. <laughs> or, or, or a curtain rod. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> Patty and Rob Palmer. The podcast. You know what? I had a look last night because mum sent me old coins. Have you got old coins at home? Nah. Like, mum's got a couple. She uses like, them I mean, for Christmas puddings. Like thrippence and, yeah, uh, what's yeah. it, and a They're florin. They're silver. 
and a sixpence and all that stuff because if you find them in the Christmas pudding, yeah. you take them to your uncle and then your uncle gives you money for them. I do. I, I generally bite my teeth and have to go to the dentist when he's open after the public holidays. Yeah, but you're a fool. Yeah, I know. Uh, Zachy, do you have uh, many coins at home? Similar to Rob, yeah. My stepdad, he loves, he has like old shillings and stuff. Yeah. And yeah, he puts them in the pudding as well. And if you get them, yeah. get a yeah. couple of bucks. Mum used bucks to put back. $1 notes in it's silly. Gosh, she was, <laughs> she was really silly. <laughs> they good for the flavour. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it used to be you'd get a dollar for a coin and you get more money depending on how valuable the coin That's, was. Yes. And all of a sudden, my my nieces and nephews, like everyone goes to my brother now because he gives everyone folding money for the coins. He came, mate. Oh, oh does he you, take them? Can you stop setting precedents for everyone else? <laughs> you go to Uncle Mike and you get 10 bucks. You go to Uncle Rob and you get a dollar. <laughs> I don't even like pudding. I just ate it for the coins. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me with him. Anyway, so I've got, I found them all last night because um, mum sent them to me and there's all these pennies, half pennies, all that sort of stuff. But so I'm going online. Some of them are worth bloody nothing. Are you trying to flog them off for money? Not at all. Not at all. Not at Robert, Come on, mate. Not at all. But some of them are worth a fortune. <laughs> oh, <laughs> times are tough. Times are tough no, at the dry house. Some are worth a fortune. Look, I honestly, <laughs> so I'm going to go online. I take, you know those what, yeah, what money you shops get. that you buy, you know, the coin people. Uh, do you, I don't think they'd give you the real value of what, what the, the hawk shop. The, no, not the hawk shop. There are coin shops that actually take coins. I don't think they'd give you the real value of what the coin's worth somehow. And to right, the when you uns- take your car for a trading. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes. Good morning to all our used car <laughs> um, people. Um, I, I don't think they'd give you the real value. So I'm a bit concerned. You go online, and you know they'll say it's worth you know say a thousand bucks, but is it really? You know. So they've got to make a profit too. Yeah. So. Do you boys want to buy any? I might pass. Them. Okay. For sale. I'll bring them in tomorrow. I'll you bring, bring them in. Yeah, let's yeah. have a look tomorrow, yeah. And we'll value them. Yeah. We'll do a live auction on it. <laughs> Patty and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Come on. Well, Robert, I thank you for your unwavering support of me going for the Mayor of the Central Coast in season 2024 around You're September. You're going to do it. Because you said to this me. This is exciting. Because this was after Rick Hart. We had a chat to Rick Hart. Well, Rick Hart, the month. interim administrator of the Central Coast mm. Council, has wholeheartedly endorsed your yeah, yeah. running for the position. Thinks yeah, that yeah, so no, many, thank you. There are many things that you would be really well suited to being mayor. But, but I think there's a cont- another contender, which oh. worries me. Really? Because it was on the 28th of June. At Justin seven... Hill, entertainment reporter. Thought no, you'd be no, brilliant. No, no. Yeah, I know he did a lot. Have Gav the stripper from Gav, Saratoga. Yeah, the male stripper. Now overweight uh, landscape. Uh, he, he he threw his support. The CWA? CWA. Yeah, good morning, Kylie. From Wyoming said they'd host the launch at yeah. the CWA. So what's happened? Well, I it was on June 28th of this year at 7.21am <laughs> when we're talking to the council administrator, Rick Hart. And um, anyway, I had a listen to some audio. We'll just, we'll take you back. We, we, you, have you been trolling over past audio to hey, try and find a way hey, out of this? Hey, hey, that's have a listen. You, have a listen. Do. And we're talking to Rickard. Big fella might run over there. Hey? Hey, 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 now, now, hey now, now, can I, can I do a yeah. sell here? That would be fabulous. We need somebody who really understands the game. Hey. We need a big fella to make sure none of the little ones get up and get <laughs> the problem. Thank you. <laughs> no problem at all. Can I do but this problem. at the same time? Because I think you could be mayor Man, and well, be on Breakfast Radio like over Basil. In Perth. Basil. Basil Zemplis. Zemplis. He well, was over in Perth doing Breakfast Radio. He was, was doing mayor. Triple M. He was mayor of Perth and he's also doing Channel 7. Mate, Palmer for mayor. 
And then, not only so that. So what, what does that mean? So what I'm going to do, you know. Well, that you was said, after I took you down in the vote last time. Yeah. Was, and, and, yeah, but I'm but, not running in this. No, but what I'm doing, do you know it. how you supported me. I'm from out of town. I'm going to support you. And, like, listen to the way the campaign would go. Friends, families, Central Coast locals, lend me your ears. Chris Barth here. Can't wait to cover the story of the year. Rob Palmer for our mayor. It's Joanna Griggs here just saying a big hello. And Central Coast, you know what they say, there's only one man for the job, and that man is Rob. Our butchers, our bakers, our tradies, no fakers. G'day, Trevor Long here from EFTM, former Central Coast resident. But I'm putting my support behind Rob Palmer. You got it, Rob. Luke Jacobs here. I was relieved when Rob Palmer wasn't invited back to Dancing with the Stars All-Stars, but I am thrilled to support him in his pain to run for Mayor of the Central Coast. Supporting ghosties, just wait and see, to lead with personality. That's not what the coast can do for you, but what you can do for the Central Coast. Our parklands to thrive, our jobs kept alive, bringing sport to our doorstep, luring tourism by the sea. Monday's now fun days for your family tree. Training in focus for a future without doubt and retention of water to protect us from drought. And when the rains come, as we know that they will, our awareness and action will foil the spill. As I wonder if my opponent is ready to I questioned his mother-in-law. I would rather <laughs> set fire to my hair. I'd rather my face ripped off. I'd rather hot nails jumped in my skin. No way. We can now all realise a big effort laced with fun. Let's recreate the Central Coast, our paradise under the sun. So... Oh, so I am going to be your campaign manager. Gerard. Thank you, sir. That was that was <laughs> the past that you're digging up because I won that campaign just between the two of us. But I'm not rude. running. I don't even live here. Doesn't so matter. It wouldn't I mean, even shouldn't work. Shouldn't say that. Shouldn't say that. <laughs> I anyway, I, but you, 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 you start terrible. You've got a bow there. So I'm going to push for you, mate. Oh, is that good? You bought about your Ben Fordham shellacking that you gave me. Oh, that's you so went and got Ben Fordham to do your campaign for you. There's so many wrong reasons for you going back in time to dig this up. Re- we're going to hear Ben Fordham's words. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Yes, good morning, Trevi. I'm coming to Ed along for pizza tonight. That's the plan. Are you really? Yep, yeah, my, my boy is very old. I'm an old man now, so we're going to do some nighttime driving, head up to... Uh, head up to uh, the old stomping ground and yeah, grab a pizza. Should be good. Oh, oh nice one. Mate, bit of bonding. Adelong is a beautiful place, mate. Yeah, well, used to used to work at the Beachside Bakery at the markets. That was uh, my, my my parents owned the uh, Beachside Bakery. We sold a mean donut. I uh, I really ate a lot of them too. Unfortunately, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't show. Yeah, yeah Trevor, yeah. on my lips. It really does. I've got mirrors. It's okay, <laughs> mate. We've been watching all the sport. Matilda's uh, brilliant win last night. Two zip over Denmark, but all the sport now, they're all the, the companies are using drones and giving us this remarkable footage. It's amazing how lo- how far isn't they've it, come. Yeah. Isn't it beautiful? I know a couple of the guys that run the, the TV drones as well. They're, um, you know, there's a lot of regulations they need to go to. You and I want to run a drone. Um, we've just got to open an app and it tells you where you can fly. But those TV guys, they've got to, 
They've got to have a license for a start. They've got to get permission for every flight. And they get, you'll notice they don't fly over the stadium. They, they kind of fly on one corner of the stadium and look at it because they're given a very small window of, of flight. But I've been playing with a new one called the DJI Air 3. Uh, I actually took it to the coast um, down, down at Wollongong, actually. And uh, I was able to fly this thing six and a half kilometers off the coast. Um, that's how good the range is on these. Now, you couldn't do that on any land mass because you'd be flying over things that are illegal, but I I thought I'd just test the range that way. You've got to have a spotter who can actually physically see the drone at all times, but quality of the photos, quality of the video, and and when you're flying around things, it's able to avoid running into stuff. Ten years ago, cost me two grand for a drone that I'd just smash into a wall because it was not smart enough to avoid that. These days, super smart, great quality, and, and really easy to fly. You just download an app called Open Sky and it'll Open. pinpoint your location and tell you whether or not you can fly there. Very easy to That's understand incredible. the rules. Trev, how far are we off? Because, I mean, I think military drones are military drones and they do what they do. But what we're seeing now is not that far off that kind of technology, is it? Like it's, it's another aircraft in the sky. I mean, it is. And that these things now have beacons that uh, transmit so other aircraft can see them. Uh, the responsibility is always on the pilot. I need to say it's always your responsibility to check for things like helicopters or other other aircraft. But uh, as long as you're flying within the, the rules, which is quite low and low to the ground, you're completely safe. But it's phenomenal what these things can do. And, you know, we, over the last five, ten years, we've talked about drone deliveries and all that. That stuff is still happening and being tested in a lot of places. There's, a, there's I think, three places in Australia where you can order a cup of coffee and it's delivered by a drone. Um, and it's remarkable. The, the future is slow in this space because it's it's just a minefield of regulation. But six and a half thousand metres off the off the shoreline, that is a phenomenal distance. It's scary as all heck, I tell you right now, because it's a seventeen hundred dollar drone that I don't own. And I got to send back. Yeah. I didn't want to make a phone call to say it's in the Pacific Ocean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it was it was completely selfish. I, I've bought a new car and it was on a boat ready to be docked, and I wanted to get a photo of the boat. Um, that's how dirty <laughs> I am. Hey. Uh, Paddy was impressed when he realised he could look worry. into his neighbour's windows for more than five minutes at a time. <laughs> oh, that's just using that binoculars. Would be a breach of the regulations. <laughs> now, also, finally today, we have to look. At Australia's 5G network, world-leading, Trev? It is world-leading. And look, I know we've all got our black spots. We've all got our woes. But let me just remind you how good we're going. We've got a better better availability of 5G than South Korea. Now, I've just been there. We're 77 times bigger than South Korea, and they've got less 5G availability. I mean, we're doing pretty well, and we should give a little respect to Optus, Telstra, and, and TPG Vodafone for the networks they are building us, despite the little intricacies we might have. Yeah, Fair TPG, enough. thanks for nothing. Yeah, Trevor Long, <laughs> enjoy your pizza at Ed Long tonight, Trevi. I'll let you get back to that loser off. <laughs> See you, mate. Bye. You'll win. Patty and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Earlier on this morning, we, we did look at the prawn head. We did cover that uh, extensively this morning about the missing prawn head. Someone, sorry, stop tickling me, Robert. Someone <laughs> went up and cut the head off the prawn at Crangan Bay. Uh, last Friday, Saturday night. With a grinder. With a grinder. Um, How'd they get up there? I don't know. It's a long bloody way up. But we were looking at that and then we looked at the big prawn. It was only it was a miniature prawn compared to the big prawn at Ballina. And we did look at earlier on this morning, what were some of the big attractions you went to as a kid? Because in Queensland, God, they had a lot. They had the big pineapple at Nambour. Oh, a lot of stuff. Um, they had the big cow, which has since closed down, uh, the big bottle. Well, it was the bottle, the house of bottles which they hated, when, as I said earlier on this morning. Did you say the Merino? 
The big no, merino. No, but that was moved. Remember the big merino because we had Shane from Empire Bay called and that big merino with his big spuds hanging down. Well, I know. Well, they moved it so that every, if, if you wanted to take a photo because you couldn't stand on the road and take it, you, you had saw to stand it was behind it and so it'd just be you next to these. Massive. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nads. Uh, Paddy and Rob Palmer. The podcast. G'day, Benny from Blue Haven. Hey, mate. Hey, boys. How you going? You're good. What's going about, mate? Mate, uh, totally unrelated to the prawn uh, investigation that you're doing to see if you guys want to come to my all-prawn barbecue this weekend. <laughs> We've got prawn cakes, prawn skewers, garlic prawns, grilled prawns. Yeah. And they say there's no meat in the head. <laughs> well, I'm sure we can find some there somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Benny. Count me in. Count there me you in. Go. All right. All right. Thank you, Benny. Have a good weekend, Benny. Yeah, good boys. See Thank you. See you, mate. Patty and Rob Palmer. The podcast. Last night on Channel 10, it was the grand finale, the piece de resistance. Oh, they timed it well, too, just before the Matildas. Oh, yeah. So everyone was there for it. It was called Hunted. We had two local boys. We had Ed Abbott, who's now in London, incidentally, used to work here, and Jimmy Love, uh, former failed entrepreneur. No, 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 excuse me, a uh, host of the most successful trivia night on the Central Coast of the Bay Road on Thursday night. There's competition yep. there, but it was called The Haunted. Hell, what was it? Brother. Was it The Haunted? No, the Haunted. Haunted. Holly, both on the hill. Just made a big extraction point. Roger that, I confirm, Jimmy and Holly have made it to the extraction point. So our local boy Jimmy Love won the Hunted last night. Thank you, Paddy and Rob. Great well to done, be on mate. with you this morning. So if, if thrilling moments. If people hadn't watched it, what was the premise of the show, mate? You get dropped in Melbourne and you've got to survive 21 days on the run. Now, a group of hunters, and you think of the hunters like um, police and secret intelligence who have the powers of the state, and you've got to imagine yourself as the worst criminal possible, and they've got every resource possible That'd to That would be find easy you. to do. The oh, Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Get locked up. <laughs> I didn't get locked up, though, I tell you. And they try and hunt you down for 21 days. And if you last 21 days and get to the extraction point, you are the winner. When did they film this, Jimmy? February we filmed it. February in. this year. Yeah. You had yeah. to sit on it for that long. Yeah, it's a while. And you've won. And now, listen, halfway through, it's about oh, nine or ten days in, and were they real tears or crocodile tears when you were missing mummy and daddy? Because it was, I thought, you've been away ten days. I go away for ten days. And it's like, thank God, I haven't had to speak to anyone. What was it like to make you that emotional? Yeah, so so uh, clear, a few, clear a few things up with that one. When I was talking about missing my family, I was, I was talking about missing my partner, Patrick, and my two dogs who I spend every single day with in life. And, um, and that was one of the toughest moments. We had just spent about four or five days in the middle of nowhere in the most pristine beach, but we had seen two or three people in that entire time. We didn't have much water. Sounds we like didn't paradise. have much food. And we just were at a mental state where we'd hit rock bottom and and we even saw like a drone fly over one day which was just someone who was flying their own drone around and we were just thinking oh yeah that's the hunters sure come get us we're at that point where yeah, we, we wanted to give up didn't care yeah. anymore and then and, and i just broke down and i was just like i i i'm finding this really hard jimmy with it you had to hand over all your 
phone details, your passwords for Facebook, Instagram, all your socials, mm-hmm. and even your friends did as well. Yeah, absolutely. So we agree <laughs> when we go on yeah. the show that anything that is ours, like anything digitally that is ours, they can um, hack into, they can go through, they can comb through. Now, anyone who helped us as well also agreed the same thing because it wouldn't be fair if a friend could help us by letting us use their phone, but then the hunters couldn't use their phone or a friend could say, come stay in my house, but then the hunters weren't allowed in their house. So it had to be fair if a friend could help us, the friend also had to let the hunters in, but the friend never had to tell the hunters anything. All they had to do was talk to them, not tell them the truth, not tell them anything, just talk to them. How much of a chain was the cameraman that was obviously following you guys around everywhere. You just sort of think, how are these guys invisible with a bloke with a camera on his shoulder following him around town? <laughs> well, it's it's not like the old days where cameras are giant and they sit on people's shoulders. Our camera crew had little cameras that they held in one hand and were, uh, you know, about the size probably of a couple of VHS tapes, um, yeah. you know. Um, so they weren't too big, but... At that moment where I was hiding behind the tree. Right waiting, at the very end, right when you were running for the stadium for mm. the extraction with five mm. minutes to go in the show, there you are hiding behind a tree and somehow you're being filmed. I know. Well, Lockie, my cameraman, as I'm running up to that tree, and I don't think it made the edit, but I, I said to him, let's hide behind this tree. You just need to push up against me. So we are both hugging the hugging, tree, hugging the tree together hiding from these hunters because that's that's what we had to do. And there's so many times where I said to Lockie, I need to cross this main road, but I can't have you crossing with me. I need you to be 20 metres behind me because it's going to be too suspicious you crossing with me. So there were two winners, you and the other girl. Holly. Holly. Now, you were in partnership with Ed. So what does poor Ed, who was with you the whole way, what does he win? Oh, Ed, so I wouldn't have been able to do it without Ed. There's no way I could have gotten through it. As I said, on day nine or 10, I was in tears and struggling to, you know, even get up and keep going. Um, Ed and I, when we split up, we had two separate plans. I had no plan. He had a great plan. Did you have to split up? No, oh. we didn't know. We but but you know what we decided? We never wanted to split up, but we decided it just doubles our chances. Yeah. But there's no reason for both mm. of us to stick together. And we split up and we said, you know, no matter what, one of us gets to the end, we both win. And in my mind, it was Team Ed and Jimmy that won. Um, yeah. Ed's getting his 25 well, grand. He's got his hair transplant. He wants yeah, to Yeah, because this is what you said. This is <laughs> what you said about Ed, your partner in crime, on the show yeah. last night after winning the 50 grand. But I never could have done these 21 days without Ed. I'm a hunter, but no one. <laughs> and with this money, he'll finally be able to live his dream of getting a hair transplant in Turkey. Oh, man. <laughs> There you go. Let He's going to kill me for saying now, that. Now, if Ed know was it. listening, yes, Edward listening, what do you think he'd say? Oh, Ed already messaged me straight away and just said, mate, you're kidding me. You really said that in the phone? Well, live, yes, did. live from London this morning, we've got your partner in crime, Ed Abbott. Good morning, Edward. Hello, Ed. <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy loves every every single chance you get to mention that bloody hair transplant, you bring it up. Hey, <laughs> oh, <hi>, Eddie. <laughs> now, okay, let's get the truth. What was he like to spend those days with, Ed? I bloody tell you, it was hard work. It was bloody hard. No, no, do you know what? It was, with, with Jimmy, it was the most incredible experience. I honestly thought we were going to fight so much. The only time we ever fought was when Jimmy kept cheating a you know, and that was it. <laughs> you know, you've gone through a few hands of that. Now, now, he reckons he's going to give you the 25. Have you received any money yet, Ed? 
Oh, wait, actually, no, Jimmy didn't cheat at you know. He was great. Uh, <laughs> he was so fantastic to be with the entire time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, nice. to, from, from here, where to, Edward? Do you look at um, another TV show you might go on to? Oh, well, I think, yeah, I've got to go on another TV show before I can win something, can't I? <laughs> yeah, you did get caught. Don't what... plan staying with Auntie Sandra for an extra day. I said, I maybe, think he should maybe go I'll on. Be on I say he should go on Antiques Roadshow over there in London. <laughs> you know, get him on a 3.30 p.m. time slot over Buy here. Buy runs for heads. <laughs> don't listen to him, Ed. Don't listen to him. Eddie, oh, no, look, we've got, we're, we're running a bit late this morning. Mate, thank you so much for joining us from London this morning. Well done, you boys, both winners of The Hunted. Ed, who used to work here, uh, who's now in London having a little bit of a holiday, spending that 25000 bucks. <laughs> and can I just say thank you boys for having me on. I know I'm going on the project tonight, so I'm going to be in Melbourne, um, but I will be back Thursday for trivia at the Bay Road Brewery. Oh, of course you will. Geez, I hope they get more people there than what they did for the TV ratings for that show. <laughs> uh, thank you, Edward. <laughs> Thanks, boys. And help yourself. Paddy and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Like I know, InSync Marine. G'day, Troy. He couldn't talk this morning uh, because he was too busy at the International Boat Show. They won Best Exhibit, which is really good. Well done, mate. Awesome. He might have tied one on yesterday. You just never know. Not a boat to the trailer, oh. I mean. That's what I want you to Tied one. <laughs> and not that either. Tied one on is a euphemism for yeah. going out and yeah. having a good time yes, to yeah. celebrate. I think he was still at the boat Momentous show. occasion. Katie <laughs> <laughs> and Rob Palmer, the podcast. Well, cast your mind back to 1997. Right? 97, was it? 1997, what were you doing? Yeah. Well, I just started busting my knee for the first time. Oh, did you? Yeah. Oh, bloody hell. Well, Mahale uh, had purchased a 1.6 ton sandstone slab for this mm. retaining wall in his Yamina Beach garden. Yeah. I love that one. Have that one, he said. I wonder if my mate was working on that one. That was near 30 years ago. Now, as the stone was hosed down, it revealed the mineralized remains of a 1.5 metre creature. That predated the dinosaurs. Wow. And finally, all has been revealed. To talk about how that was done, we got paleontologist at University of New South Wales and Australian Museum, Lachlan Hart. He joins us this morning. Good morning, Lockie. Lockie. How you going? Yeah, good, mate. Going okay? Yeah, going all right. You gave me a bit of a rap about being smart before. Um, maybe reserve your judgment until after you talk to me. Okay, yeah. then. Right, uh, <laughs> I do. <clears throat> All right. All right. Judgment free today. Uh, ju- now, <laughs> what does, uh, at risk of exposing you, what does, how does bone crystallize and become what they would have found in this piece of stone? What would they have been looking at? Um, so what they actually saw was an almost complete skeleton of an extinct amphibian. Um, so the bone is replaced by mineral through the process of fossilization. Um, and the really remarkable thing about this one as well, it didn't just have like a nearly complete skeleton. It also had um, the soft tissue of the animal preserved. So like its fat and its skin were preserved around like its belly area of the body. It's amazing. You're joking. Now, oh, and this... you sound smart, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Now, this was from 240 million years ago. Jeez. Yep. So normally, you know, when you see a fossil and someone gets to do the artwork and decide what the outside of this body looked like, you actually had a fair idea. Is that what you're saying about what the shape of the creature would have been with all its flesh on? 
Yeah, um, we've got a really great idea about how, well, especially how fat it was um, because of um, what we can see in the fossil. Um, most of the time when you see you know, artwork of a fossil animal, there's a little bit of um, artistic uh, license used. <laughs> but um, in this case, we didn't have to do too much. Now, you've been working on this since 2020, Lockie. Yeah, that's when I started my PhD. So it was uh, one of the projects my supervisor gave me uh, to work on as part of my PhD, and it's now finally uh, been released. So it's great. What was it? What have you called it? What's it called? This thing. Yeah. So uh, I'll, I'll say it slowly. Yeah. <laughs> so um, we've called it Arena Erpaton Supernatus. Yeah, I thought so. so. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I was going to call it that too. Actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? Um, <laughs> So Arena Erpatine means sand creeper, um, and that's a reference to the sandstone block that uh, they found it in, and the fact it was probably creeping around a bit when it was alive. And supernatus means lying on its back because the fossil's preserved uh, belly up, so we can see, like, the underside of its head and its chest bones and its ribs and its vertebra, but we can't see, like, the top of its head or its eyes or anything like that. Now, the beauty, wow. the beauty of this, that this fossil will go on display at the museum later this year. That's right. Finally, after being in the collection for about 30 years, it's finally being put on display. This is, and it's from the Central Coast. Yeah, it's from the Central Coast, from your guys' hometown. Yeah. But, I mean, it was found at your mine. That's where the sandstone was delivered to. Was it dug out of Summersby sandstone? It was dug out of King Cumber Quarry, um, which is, yeah, all that kind of Hawkesbury sandstone. Right. Yeah. And if there's one there, there, there's got to be bloody more. Well, that's the funny thing. No one's found anything else uh, from that uh, that locality. Nothing. And two hundred forty. When you find wow. something like this, is that indicating that it was it was once on a, on the bed of a river, and and the, the fact that it's encased in sand is just it's died there, and something's a storm has come or something. Did it get buried quickly? Yeah, it must have been buried really quickly because uh, we wouldn't see, especially like that soft tissue preservation, um, if it wasn't buried rapidly. Um, if an animal dies, most of the time it gets scavenged and, you know, uh, scavengers take all away all the tasty bits. So um, yeah. we've got yeah. like a nearly complete skeleton and soft tissue, which, yeah, means it was buried really rapidly. And when we say later this year this fossil will go on display, do you know, is there a time that it will be uh, like October November, December, or uh, just in time? Um, Somewhere in that bracket. Okay. <laughs> All right, then. Well, Lockie, it has been uh, a well. It's so good. This is, this is huge, creeper. isn't it? This is absolutely big news. Lachlan Hart, paleontologist at University of New South Wales and also the Australian Museum. Yep. Thank you very much for joining us this morning, buddy. And, and you can ring any time, Our mate. assessment will... of your intelligence <laughs> remains intact. Ten out of ten. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> Thank you, Lockie. See you, guys. And Rob Palmer, the podcast. Subscribe now, and you'll never miss an episode.